Welcome, Pudding People, to another episode of Everybody Loves Pudding. We're your hosts, Ken Seymour and Richard Geiger. How are you, good sir? I'm pretty good. Um, Been feeling pretty good. Been excited to watch and review the movie when we used to do it all the time. Yeah. We haven't done it very much. No. Um, We get to review something that's got a little history and some hype in a sense behind it so it's kind of exciting yeah i mean i'm i i feel we all uh, we've been hearing a lot of discussions for some time about getting back to normal and getting back to feeling normal and this is this is feeling normal for the pudding guys i i have i have memories that feel like they were like from a decade ago where i would go to the movie theater at least once a week if not more so i could review some movies see something new um it's just just it makes it makes my heart just a little warmer uh we're getting a chance to do it again soon you'll be able to have your butt in a dirty gross seat and watch a movie in a giganto screen i'll bring plastic it'll be fine Mm -hmm. now of course if you nice folks listening couldn't tell we are going to be getting back to another movie review. And we often uh, tend to focus on a lot of comic book properties, and there hasn't really been a lot of comic book properties to review. We had a chance to review Wonder Woman 1984 not too long ago, but uh, other than that, it's been pretty dry in terms of new comic book movies. Well, we have sort of a new comic book movie at least one that's you know like you were saying very hyped we are going to be talking about the snyder cut of the justice league yeah the opus no i'm not going to call it an opus epic uh, eh, that still has this positive connotation i don't know if i'm prepared to give to it yet we'll know by the time we get to the end of our discussion exactly uh how we really feel about this mm. particular endeavor. It is a monumental undertaking, to be sure. Now, I don't know about you. I feel that one of the first things that we should address before we get to anything, it is going to be impossible to talk about this movie without comparing it to the previous incarnation, obviously, because this movie came out in another form um, started by Snyder, but uh, finished by Whedon, reshot. I don't know if that's going to be a really fair thing to do. I mean, yes, it's the same it's the same concept and the same actors, but it is a different animal released at a different time. They were not made concurrently where one person had one vision and another person had another and they both made them the way that they wanted to make them. One was several years removed uh, after a full reaction to the other version of the cut. Um, And it's my contention, regardless of what you think of the directors. I mean, right now, Joss Whedon is in the doghouse in terms of uh, in, in terms of Hollywood. Uh, and Snyder, people have strong feelings about him, whether they like his style or don't like his style, just regardless of who the people involved are. I, my contention is that there is absolutely no way a four hour justice league movie would have been released by Warner brothers back when it was originally slated. I don't even think it would have pushed three hours. Now you're, we were talking about this earlier and you, 
kind of countered saying that, well, it might have been a two-parter, right? I felt like originally the thought process behind the movie when you went and read articles about its development and they're filming it, that it was supposed to be chopped up into two pieces. And then, you know, obviously things happened and then they condensed it down to one awful movie anyway. But the other part of that discussion too leads in into, well, they've created this movie and it really drew a line in the sand for what Warner brothers was willing to do in terms of spending because they had to spend more money to do all the reshoots for the Whedon, the original movie release. Right. So they were willing to put the movie, the money into it. And then the movie was awful. And then the money said, bye bye. Right. There were still releases after that, but in terms of where the justice league was going to go, that movie uh, that money that kind of went bye-bye a lot of the projects that they had in place went bye-bye yeah they still made a few right but it had lasting effects and i i think because the movie was as bad as it was that there was this anticipation of what the movie could have been based on the actors based on the information that was coming out about what was developed. Right. And so Warner brothers was once again, in terms of now they have this streaming platform with HBO max. They were willing to put forth $70 million to do a re-release of a movie. that's strictly going to be out in this digital platform. So there is hope because they're still willing to put money right. into these projects. So, well, it, it seems good, but I mean, my my whole kind of point with that is that at the time, I don't even think they would have made it into a two-parter. It wouldn't have made sense because the whole the whole idea was to compete with the MCU, and the MCU had that buildup with the individual movies that culminated in the Avengers films. Uh, like them or not, that's that is the formula, and it worked. And a lot of people really liked it. And instead of creating that base, they had two films that led up to this and tried to just rush into an Avengers-style movie. If they would have, if they would have done this in Snyder's vision, if this was his original vision, uh, and then tried to chop it into two, pa- uh, into two pieces, they couldn't have released anything else in between the pieces because it wouldn't have made any sense. They would have had to have just released the two pieces in concurrent years. And that would be a, a strong constrictor of profit from the studio. I just don't see them doing that. Yeah, I thought it was supposed to be like a summer and winter release. Like they did it, you know, like a June, July, and then a December one ah. shortly thereafter. Not not year, year apart, because you're right. If they were to develop something, you can't do a thing in between these two. No. It's not going to make any sense. I don't know if they had something in development or ready to put out at that time anyway. So I, I don't know. It is what it is because right. what we get to talk about is the finished product, the finished product and something that we will never get to build on, which is unfortunate. Something that technically falls out of, according to Warner brothers, their universe 
Oh, so but they're saying it's not part of the DC universe? At least right now. At least right now, they're saying that. Um, of course, we'll have lots of spoilers if you haven't watched this. And there's even a certain tie-in. I mean, this thing has lots of parts. There's a epilogue. There's a scene at the end where we get to see a new hero introduced. But that was supposed to be a different one. And Warner Brothers said, you can't do that one because we have something in mind for that one. So they're really just, it's its own beast that unfortunately that's all it'll ever be. I think for now, I'm going to consider it to be part of the universe because no matter what, um, no matter what happens, it's still all tied together with the same actors. And I think there's going to be enough of a positive reaction to the film that they're going to kind of consider it to be. It will and won't. Kind of like Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. is to the MCU. I consider Agents to, uh, to be part of the MCU even though even like Kevin Feige said, oh, it's not part of it, eh, but it is. Uh, <laughs> you could say it's not all you want. You use the same actors. You had the movies influence the television show. It's part. Uh, stop trying to hedge your bets. Uh, no, no, no works. No works good. Um, and I think that's what Snyder Cut's going to be, uh, especially with the little nuggets that he put in there. There's no way they're not going to want some of those to be part of the integrated lore of their created universe, especially if they want it to move forward in any realistic way. But let's you know, let's just jump into yeah. it. Initial sure. initial thoughts. Now, we're going to kind of use the normal movie review technique that we have been. It's very scientific, if by scientific you mean not. Uh, just kind of general, uh, general takes in specific categories that uh, we're going to give uh, a certain amount of points to that will eventually add up to a total uh, out of a, potentially 100 points that you could get for the film. So we're going to be talking about the cast, the director, the costuming and props, the locations, the cinematography, the plot, and the writing. And we'll have a section for bonus points to either give or not give. And then we'll give our final scores and see how everything falls at that point. Now, I don't know about you, Richard, but uh, going into this, my initial thought, I, I try and be as unbiased going into any movie as I can. It's really impossible, truthfully, but... The mental state that I tried to have going into this film was it's bound to be better than the original, but I know Zack Snyder's style and I've seen what he's done, so I'm not expecting it to be an excellent, uh, let me rephrase that, I'm not expecting it to be a film that is going to be something that I will take as being very, very enjoyable to me. Uh, rather than saying a blanket statement of it's, it, I didn't think it was going to be good because it's always trash. No, that's not quite what I meant. But his style often doesn't hit me quite the right way. What about you? How did you go into the film? So knowing that the original Justice League was as as bad as it was, um, I had an expectation, like what you said, that this is this has to be better, right? Question mark. Um, but also, a lot of people love the movie 300. And I've discussed this before. A lot of people love 300. I don't know why. I don't think it's that great of a movie. Um, 
Watchmen. It's a long movie based off a comic book. Uh, I, I hear a lot of good things about this movie. And it's okay. It's got some cool things in it, for sure. But it's it's nothing great. Now, I will say, in our discussion about this, we'll see a lot of elements that they had in those movies and this movie, too. So a lot of copycat moments, I feel like. Copycat oh, yeah. elements. Some of those elements, I felt, worked better in a movie like Watchmen or in a better like movie than like 300. And sometimes it's just too much in this movie. But once again, it's that expectation piece. And we had talked earlier today about the lull that we had been in in terms of movies. So I, I just had the anticipation that this was going to be something different. Um, since having HBO Max, I've watched all the DC content that I can squeeze in, mainly cartoons. That's a good, not a bad thing. But um, this was something different because I've probably watched all the Marvel stuff recently in the last two, three months again, right? So it's like all rehash of stuff. I, this, to me, this is something new, something different, just a change of pace. And the four-hour thing, didn't that didn't bother me whatsoever in going in the anticipation of watching it. So it's not like I was like, oh, my gosh, I can't wait for this date to go and watch it. No, that, that wasn't it. But I was looking forward to watching something different. Yeah, that that's uh, that, I think that's a good starting point. Well, let's let's start with maybe uh, in the dissection of this with the easiest thing, and it's the thing that we can probably get past the quickest, especially since it is essentially identical um, to the the previous film. And start with the cast. Now, the cast on this was, like I said, kind of exactly the same. It, well, okay, that's. It was 94% the same as the, the Whedon cut. So, I mean, we get people reprising the roles. Uh, Henry Cavill without bad CGI uh, to <laughs> remove a mustache. Mm. Uh, you know, we, we get Gal Gadot uh, reprising her role as Wonder Woman. I mean, so everybody's essentially coming back to do what they, uh, what they had in the previous films. The only real addition, um, a lot of them were just like quick little bits. Uh, the um, the actor that played Iris West. Uh, it, and if you're not a comic book fan and didn't know to look for it, you wouldn't you wouldn't know that that was who that was um, uh, in the scene where Flash is introduced and he saves somebody. That was. Iris West. Like I said, you would never have known. I'm sure they plan on building out on that. And I, I, there's a couple other small individual changes. Um, but for the most part, it's the same cast. And it's a really strong cast. I've always been a fan of Ben Affleck. Um, I like Amy Adams. I think I've said this before. I don't really like her as Lois Lane all that much. Um, I, don't, I don't know whether that's that's a, a casting issue or that whether that's acting choices whether it's writing I don't know where it is something just kind of misses for me on that one um, yeah I mean 
it's solid. I mean, I really like pretty much everybody that's involved in the project in terms of the acting standpoint. Well, one thing to keep in mind too is all the all this stuff was already filmed, so that that the scene and the character of Iris West, this isn't new. No, it's new to us because it wasn't presented. It was dropped from the first cut of the movie. So it's new to us in the sense that we had never seen that footage before, but that character, those parts, they were already there. They were already introduced, like the, all of those things. So you're right in the sense that all the, all the people are there. You know, when we see the, the Swanwick character, that was from Batman, Superman. That was from Superman. Yeah. Right? It's like the, that, that character was there. Mm-hmm. So, so he, he brought him back. So like all, you're right. All of those people were the same ones that we were already pretty much familiar with. And that's one of the things that, you know, in, in certain aspects, if you talk about other things, game of Thrones, you know, eight seasons, epic millions of dollars of budget, but the cast kept coming back and reprising their roles. Except for there was one character that got replaced, <laughs> but that's neither here nor there. But what I'm saying is majority of those people came back and that, that always, I feel like makes that presentation much more enjoyable. I agree. When people sign those agreements, stick to those agreements, and then they put movies around those characters for those agreements as well. Yeah. So this is quick and easy, quick and dirty for me, 16 points. How about you, Richard? Well, uh, I did 16 as well. The, a lot of the characters are great. Um, uh, there's some that are just okay, you know. Um, I'm, I'm trying to think. You're, you're right. Henry Cavill makes a great Superman. Yes, he does. And it's not like in this movie he's got to put a lot of... There's not a lot of screen presence. Right, because he's not—he's not really in a lot of this movie. No, um, and I think a lot of the other characters are fine. I guess it depends on how they want to approach developing or showing or showcasing those characters. Um, Gal is fine, although sometimes in some of the things like, and we'll, we'll get into this. Like, it's she does all these awesome moves. And then they cut to a scene of her like swinging her hair around. I'm just like, <laughs> well, they did that with Aquaman too. They don't match. No. Yeah, and and his you get you get more of his standoffishness in this as well, but glistening bulging pecs as well. So mm-hmm. I mean, you, you give and you take. Yeah. Um, everybody now, if you if you remember this. Everybody's very shiny in this movie, just like 300. Um, and everybody is <laughs> freaking ripped in this movie. Oh, you're um, not kidding. Just look at the Amazons. Oh, They're my gracious. Lord. They made um, me feel like I need to do some sit-ups. Well, well, even in the even in the scene where they're talking about the, the history, the first time the dark side was there, they did the battle, right? right? So, like, the new gods were there. And, of course, Zeus was ripped and glistening and shining. They had all done P90X. So was Artemis. <laughs> they did P9000. Right. So, 
that's that's a Zack Snyder thing. But anyway, all of those characters did pretty good. Ray's presentation for um, a Cyborg, eh, he was the weakest one. Yeah, I, I just didn't like his his posturing, like when he yeah the CGI and and his... uh, it was all a little clunky. Yeah, and I wasn't distracted by the look of him. I thought he was fine. It was just how he walked and acted. Something was a little off. Himself. It just didn't seem right. Um, and it, but everybody else did pretty good. Yeah. Um, and that leads right into the director. Now we've talked a little bit about Snyder specifically. You know what to expect. When you're watching a Zack Snyder film, he just talked about the the glistening pecs, but you can expect that there will be uh, a certain tint to the filming. You can expect certain poses and certain presentation of um, camera angles, and you can you can kind of expect certain things from the fight scenes. I mean, he he tends to have a very specific style. And some people love it. Mm, eh, eh. I liked 300, but that was more because that was almost a panel-for-panel replication of the comic, if you had ever seen it. So that part I thought was pretty cool. So to me, that's more Miller than, than Snyder. But as far as the other films that I've seen him do, he he makes a gorgeous usually a gorgeous film. I mean, he has a very specific um, way, uh, a specific lens, I guess, for lack of a better uh, term, that he uses when he looks at the way he wants a comic to be presented. And normally, I am on board with it, at least that aspect, most of the time, because it's a great look. But there were two things that he did in this film that annoyed the crap out of me. One, four by three. Really? This is your vision? Let's go back to tube television? No. No. Heck no. Why? Why? It's just awful. The whole point of having a cinematic experience is for it to be a cinematic experience. Yeah, that got me a little bit. And the other thing is that he decided to make it four hours long, which for me... I know you might have a lot that you want to do. And if it was presented as a episodic sort of a thing where you get four episodes and it's no longer a movie, I'm okay. Four episodes or even two two-hour episodes. But one four-hour episode? What? This isn't the Lord of the Rings. I, I <clears throat> Most people are not going to want to sit through four hours. I mean, you'll get some diehard fans that'll do it. Uh, I didn't get through this in four hours. That's for, that's for sure. It took me three sittings to get through this viewing. And you know, I'm glad it was on streaming because of that. But that really, for me, is a drawback. Because when there, you get the dual problem of when you chop it into bits like that, sure, you can think about what you've already seen and kind of process it. But it also just takes you directly out of the action, directly out of the feel. And you have to get back into it when you go watch it again, which I don't want to have to jump in and out like that. I don't find it to be pleasant. 
So I didn't, I, I mentioned this before. I didn't mind the four hours. That's not a thing. Okay. I'll, I'll backtrack a little bit here. Back in my movie theater days, uh, movies came in two formats. They were, they were flat or they were wide. And it, you, I did reels, right? So everybody goes to the movie theater now. It's just a hard drive. Um, we did reels when return of the King came out, it was 10 reels long. Right. So there was a lot to put together for that movie. It was a really long movie. Everybody was excited about it. It wasn't a big deal. Obviously this is longer than that. This is like Dr. Shivago. Wasn't that like a four hour movie? Like, yeah. There's, there's a couple that have gone this length, but sitting at home, knowing that it's four hours, you know, if you're like, ah, oh, maybe this will like not paying attention to thinking it's two, but then you're there for four could really be a problem. But knowing that it's four, like a full four hours, knowing going into that, that didn't bother me so much. Uh, I could, but see the, but what you said, I could hit pause and I could yeah. get up and go to the bathroom. Uh, I could hit pause. I can go up and walk around for a minute and then come back. So I could take a brain break whenever I wanted to which also kind of helped with the part one, part two, part seven, like all those things. So like I could, I could hit pause at those and kind of reset my brain a little bit. That was okay. Now that the movie presentation, when you put it on the big screen, if you're, if you remember going to the movies, cause it's been so stinking long since anybody has been to them <laughs> right at the beginning Sometimes you would see there's there's uh, curtains on the side, there's curtains on the top and bottom. Depending on what view that movie was presented in, those things would close on the side or they would kind of close from the top and bottom so that it was presented without a crazy border or weird looking right. screen, depending on what that presentation was. But it wouldn't go to but four to by three. Point, the, very, <laughs> the very first thing is it's a three second thing that goes up. The, the very first thing when you hit play on your remote is presented in four by three to preserve the director's vision. I'm like, what is going Come on. Like to me, like it was like pretentious is the first thing that I thought of, but like for reals, I bet it had something to do with the time and the budget where it was mm. shot in this type of format to begin with. And they would have had to have spent a lot of time reformatting this so that it, you didn't get things cut off or chopped so that it was not stretched to this properly done. So this wasn't to preserve the vision. This was to preserve time and money. I wonder it's, if it's that's what it was. I guess. That and then sounds like the Zack Snyder thing. stuff. And I have specific notes here. All right. So. And I have them kind of in chronological order that go along with the, the Zack Snyder problem here. So the first thing here I have written down, and trust me, my handwriting in this is very, very bad because I was just like trying to watch and scribble at the same time. <laughs> me too. I have Aquaman song with like 10 O's. So they're, when they're singing the song as he jumps into the water and the, the one picks up and smells the sweatshirt. And then in the background, you also, you all of a sudden you get this one woman that just like, like, oh, like yeah. screams her. That was so like, bad. When will this song end? Like, okay. It's not the song itself. No, she sang the song beautifully. Could have been, 
it's like end the song already be done with it you know and then what happens right after that another song (laughs) with lois my note was this isn't lord of the rings again because you know immediately as soon as you know it's four hours long and they do that scene the first thing i thought of is like they are seriously just just biting off of the funeral scene from um the second lord of the rings film where they did the same exact thing. They had this this song from Not Very American, so it seems like it's got some sort of uh, some sort of um, alien uh, quality to it because we we aren't used to that uh, in the United States. But it was the exact same thing. It, but the difference was that had emotional context and it had buildup. And so when you heard the song, it meant something and you were sad. You just started the film and it didn't mean anything. There was just no context. It had no emotional punch because of it. It just was a really strange decision. Yeah, and and so part, a lot of this movie has those parts where it's just a slow motion song in the background. And we talked about that before. The songs are really bad in this movie, too. Yeah. Like, whether it's a remake or an original song, they're really bad. So that's that that's on a lot of people, but that's on the director. Any, anyway, like, yeah, the songs are bad. And we have to but insert again a, that, okay, I keep in, that well, we have to also, you know, just to say that, if you like the song, this is not meant as an insult. It's a, a matter of perspective. But the choice of song, the choice of the person that they got to perform the song in the place that they put it in the film came across as not great, at least to us. Yeah. <laughs> so, so many. Yeah. In the Wonder Woman sequence where she's there... They shift from Aquaman to Wonder Woman. Right. And the bad guys are coming in and they're storming into the building. And then what happens as all the hostages are getting pushed down the hall? Papers go flying everywhere. <laughs> Why does that happen? How? Like, At least it's not doves. Real For real, Zach. <laughs> Paper. I, okay. I'm... I'm nitpicking on that one, but it's just like, one, who's holding papers? Two, why are they holding papers? And three, why did they just decide to fling them up in the air so they could float to the ground? Okay, whatever. Um, now, the, the other thing, too, is, so I have this, I'm kind of following in the sequence. Um, they're, they go to the Amazons, and then they have to have this ceremony to no, that's okay anyway but after that ceremony where they shoot the arrow that that's a that's a plot thing anyway another song oh there's like there's 20 a, there's songs. another there's a, oh my god it's just whatever okay so I, I just kept going on with these stinking songs and i think there was more things i have all written down here oh that's about the picture floating in the water when I bring back Superman so that's a whole gotta have thing the picture too. Um, <laughs> um, but 
you know where the um the the watchmen scene where they have the owl ship right and he jumps out of the owl ship and then he turns that was the exact same thing in this one right where batman jumps out of his crawler and then he turns and right. like it's you've already com- done this shot a thousand times it's a combination of and then they well, I was just saying it's a combination of several things because Owlman and Batman are essentially the same guy. They're the same thing, yeah. And then they have the the big troop carrier ship, which is its own plot discussion. Anyway, the as they as the ramp goes down, they stand the wind's in their air, <laughs> and like they're standing there for like ten seconds, staring into nothingness. I'm like. Why? It do something. Well, you get that okay. in a lot of superhero films. I I, well, I can't say that's it. just Snyder. There there's a lot of posing in in superhero films because it's kind of like a recreation of the panel that you get to see. So I can cut a little bit of slack on that one. There's there's there you got to have the heroic pose section, but in moderation. He has it a lot in the film. A lot. Yeah. So. When we talk about the weak spots in, in the previous one, the plot was the absolute weak. In, in the CGI was bad. The other thing, there's a lot of things, but the, but the plot in the other movie, the original one, was right. definitely the worst category. And in this one, it just might be the director. Um, yeah. I'm, in a certain aspect, well, I'm still going to go back towards writing. He think, did. But. We got to bring in the positives, right? Yeah. The, the, we have to have positives because he gave us certain versions of things. He threw in a couple uh, Batman and Cyborg f bombs. There is, um, there's killing. There's blood and and goo and he guts. He does not avoid it. And there's certain things that you would. Yeah. So you. His director score could absolutely be a lot lower, oh, yeah. but because he had some elements in there that you're just not going to see, he got a little bit more elevated score. And I'll reiterate this. This is not so much a knock on him as a director. It's, it's more of a, his style just doesn't sit quite as well his with style. us. style. Because I, I can yeah. see in the behind-the-scenes stuff that I've seen in the interviews, he clearly loves this. It is... His passion comes through, but passion on its own doesn't necessarily make a product that's going to that's going to hit. So for me on director, I think out of a twenty, I got to give him a fourteen. Um, I did a a good old dozen at twelve. Dirty dozen. <sighs> now, um, this is kind of an interesting comparison between the two films. I wouldn't think that it would have been, but there were some differences. And admittedly, some of it's a, a lot of it's CGI driven, but it still falls into this category to a certain extent. Um, the costuming and props. Uh, and we kind of already talked about this a little bit in the sense that Zack Snyder always puts forward a very polished um, product. That's just something... I usually I usually like his costume. Whoever he gets to do his costume designs, they tend to come through really well. Um, the usage of the props uh, 
are, are generally pretty good too. I mean, I mean, there are a lot of them. Um, so, I mean, I don't have a lot to say about this. If I had a note on the costuming and props, um, I think they did a better job with the cyborg presentation in this. I think the armor for Steppenwolf looked better, but I didn't need the puppy dog eyes. I don't think that was better. <laughs> um, the uh, the other thing that uh, kind of... Uh, I have to agree with somebody else has already said this, I know, but the black suit. No, that should still be... I, I get the reference, and, and I understand why, but... It's so far removed from the source uh, material that having the black suit means nothing in this film. It just makes him look flat. Uh, it should have been should have been the red and the blue, the standard. Well, the the I didn't think the suit looked bad. No, and when they pushed him pushed him down the ship, it's like, man, this ship has everything. It just opening doors and there's new suits in there. <laughs> Superman not hanging out here at this place. So how everybody looked, I, I felt was pretty good. So if we're, are we lumping together? Cause you mentioned cyborg, uh, but that's more of this cinematography. Piece, it, well, the or... way that it was executed is cinematography, but the actual costume design falls into costume. Okay. So, and I, I'm on board with your opinion on that is that it looked fine. Yeah. You know, do, how, how do we want it to look? That's a hard one, right? Because when you see in a, in a, in a comic book or on a cartoon show, gosh, if you look at, um, the, oh, what's the TV show? Doom Patrol. HBO, Doom Patrol. Right. It's really dumb. Yeah. That. It's pretty cheesy but in that. This yeah, th this one though it looks pretty good. You know the 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 trident is not all glitzed and glamoured up. It's just a trident. The sword and the shield, it's just a sword and a shield. They look like the they the axe. Some use. Yeah, the axe, the axe that Steppenwolf has in this one. That's got a little bit more glitz and glam to it, right? Yeah. It's shiny just like his armor and it's got flames coming out of it, but it's it could be a lot worse. But that that one wasn't bad. So you're right, all the context of how things looked and how things were presented, the bat suit um that was the same design and that that was fine you know yeah. that, was, that was good so yeah I, I feel like they did a pretty good job with a lot of the elements in here even even you know like so so mira looked fine she, yeah. she looked pretty good in her outfit the civilian clothes we didn't get to see a lot of civilian clothes no. but, but he, i guess we did but even those they didn't look dumb they looked no. like they had their place so I felt that even those, even that aspect of it was pretty solid in this movie. Maybe Volko's hair didn't look great. Willem Dafoe, it it looked a little bit off. Yeah. <laughs> like dis Unnatural, disheveled homeless person. <laughs> uh, so maybe that Jerry, wasn't. Did he have awesome. long hair in, in the uh, 
in the Aquaman movie? I thought he did. Yeah, I'm pretty sure they did. I didn't know it looked like that, but whatever. Well, he's underwater all the time. So, I mean, what are you really going to see? And But, you know, okay. So, like I said, not much to costuming and props. Well, I'll give that a 9 out of 10. It, it's, pr- it's pretty solid, really. Yep, I did the same. Yeah. Now, before we get to our next category, this is just a quick reminder to all of you listening at home and in your cars that we are obviously available to be seen on the social media very easily at Real Pudding Guys on Twitter, at Pudding Guys on Instagram and Facebook, and at Pudding Guys on Patreon, where for just $1 a month you can help support us as we bring you new content, new movie reviews, new interviews, helps to fund the ultimate comic movie database and the pop culture death counts where you can see exactly how many people were killed in movies and television shows in case you have that kind of a bet (laughs) or you just want to know about what movies were based on comic strips comic books graphic novels by year by decade look it up by actor you get all sorts of stuff it is free now we've got some other stuff that's going to be coming up soon ish Uh, And we will definitely describe that when it happens, but we always appreciate our patrons. Now, back to the uh, dissection, as it were. (laughs) Uh, Moving on to location. Um, I don't have much to say about this. A lot of the locations were not. I mean, it's a lot of of green screen, but um, the, the, the practical sets that they were on looked great great good choices of where they wanted the the plot to um occur i mean their presentation in metropolis looks really nice um my, my wife asked it's like is central city near detroit because <laughs> just because of how the plot was going it's like oh, apparently they can see the uh they can see the bat signal uh <laughs> i don't know don't know what's going on there but uh everything uh, in terms of where they where they had there was nothing that I go why did they why did they do that there it was it was all where it kind of needed to be nothing stuck out as a sore thumbs I really liked Star Labs as it was presented um, I, I thought that was pretty slick looking um, and yeah I mean just all in all um, if there was a weak spot I wasn't enamored at the uh, at the site of the final battle but it wasn't bad. It was just kind of backgroundy, which it needed to be because, you know, you're going to have the focus on the fight that's going on more than anything else. Yeah. The, you know, that was a, a difference that we had discussed a little bit too, is that that location for that final battle, you know, you had mentioned, well, there has to be a, a people living around it because that's what we got in the first one. Right. Right. But in this one, it was really just a, a place that something with a lot of radiation had occurred there. So there really wasn't any people there. So those buildings were just all run down, empty uh, buildings. So the, right. the whole location was just kind of an old abandoned set of buildings and roads and, and whatever. And, and that's that, why and that nobody went, saw it. Just like you said, that looked fine. Yeah. Yep. That and that, that looked fine. Um. In terms of the city presentation, you know, that you're right, that looked fine. Um, I I don't know many 
heavily trafficked uh, cobblestone side roads in a city. <laughs> Maybe it depends on the city. You know, where, where, where we got the delivery truck and Iris West and the crash and the introduction. Well, Central City is a little little different. It's kind of like, imagine a a San Francisco feeling town. It's got, it's supposed to have a lot of personality. Gotcha. So that's, there's where the, the, the brick roads came from basically. But all in all, the, the, I mean, the thing that we've mentioned about this in different categories when we reviewed before is the, it's bad when it's a distraction. Right. And it was never a distraction. No. It was almost like this is all in place the way it needs to be. So, yep, I did add a, a, a nine for my scores. How you said you had. Yeah, I, I, I put a nine on the location on this also. Um, and let's, let's, before we get into the real nitpicky, nitty gritty, we'll uh, end with the last one that's probably going to be a, a, a super positive note. And that's uh, going into cinematography, um, barring the four by three format. Um, one of the things that I have always appreciated about Zack Snyder is he tends to tends to fill the right amount of action in a frame at a given time. I never feel for the most part, like I'm being overwhelmed with too much to look at. I mean, I love the Avengers films. Um, you know, Infinity War and Endgame were both really awesome. But often there's just too much happening to really focus on any one thing. Uh, and they just have too many heroes, too many villains. You know, there's a lot of stuff going on. And maybe with the exception of the uh, flashback uh, to the the dawn of man, where there's the giant uh, armies uh, of apocalypse uh, versus the defenders of Earth, you you don't really have that. And even then, it's not you get like one or two pullback scenes, but it's a lot of more close up focus on a handful of individuals. You really have to try and look past what they're doing to see what's happening in the background. It doesn't distract from what's happening in the foreground, which he's always been really good with that. Yeah. The, the actual view of things and all the CGI that they had to put in place to make those things appear, how they did appear, you know, I, I thought was actually surprisingly clean. Yeah. Um, they they had a, a decent budget, right? They had a lot of money, not a lot of time to do it, but they'd already completed a lot of the shots and done a lot of things. You know, I've commented before in in like Infinity Wars, for example, that the Thanos character itself is cool, but not exactly polished from a CGI standpoint. So if we're going to compare, you know the the what we saw in this one we got a lot of the same feel it's hard to do a completely cgi character in today's age when you're seeing everything in 4k right and you're trying to make that thing look clean and crisp so a steppenwolf character looking as natural as it can 
or a dark side character looking as natural as it can. That's hard to do. And right. They did have a weird look, especially Dark Side had Dark a weird Side in that first scene looked, looked terrible. That was one of the few detractors that I put on the uh, on the costuming and props and cinematography because I thought his first presentation just looked like trash. I I did appreciate, however, that Ares chopped him with an axe and that he was, was nice. bleeding from it. So that looked good. That was cool. I, yeah. So like the fact that they had a, a lantern and of course. Course, like chopped his hand off and died. So like that was that cool. all looked pretty pretty natural. Okay, so that 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 looked good. Didn't dis, di, distract uh, Zeus and his lightning bolts. You know, when they did those individual pieces, you're right. It, it could have been busy because there's lots of well, I'll call the minions, the right. humans running around, and the different soldiers from the different varying you know, tribes or troops or whatever running around. But when they did the things, they focused on Zeus blasting stuff or Artemis shooting her bow. And, and so they really, they, they kept it focused, but then they, you're right. They drew back for a little bit of busy when they did the individual battles, same thing. Um, you saw parademons flying around, but you could still focus for the most part on just the fight between Steppenwolf and whoever he was hacking his axe against. Right. So I, I felt that those look pretty clean. Now, when you look at, um, and this is this, there's a lot of plot things to discuss, but look at the scene where we see uh, Wonder Woman and how she does her moves and she's quick and she deflects the bullets. Yeah. It's night and day clean. comparing that to the original version and the, the new version just visually is so far superior. It's not even close. And, and that's all cinematography and that's the right. CGI that goes into that. The, the introduction of the flash character that's beautiful. and the fact that he breaks a certain thing and that's how he kind of starts all once all of that presentation i felt was very clean yeah, so that was gorgeous the, the fact that this was never a finished movie and then they decided here's some money let's finish it could have gone bad mm -hmm. but honestly i thought i thought it was pretty clean yeah yeah i just just visually it's and that like i said that's always a strength with him he tends to present a very polished product and I always appreciate that. So, yeah, I, it, it, while it wasn't perfect, there were a few things that I didn't like, like the presentation of Darkseid. Just I didn't think the design on the character and just the look of it was not great. And there were a handful of others that just kind of small, minor, nitpicky things. It's still close to as good as I could have hoped for it to be, which is why I gave it an 18 out of 20 in this category. And I had the same score. Yeah, not too hard. But now time for nitpicking, where where we make or break pretty much any any film that we look at, uh, the plot and the writing that goes along with it. Um, yeah. So you've already talked a little bit about the uh, the 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 songs kind of breaking up the flow and not being very good. And um, let's start with the at least for me. The introduction of Wonder Woman is where I first had my big, my big problem because 
I've, I've not seen a scene that split me so much, especially comparing it to the original, because you look at the, the, the Joss Whedon variant, it doesn't look nearly as good as the, the newer version. But contextually, it made more sense in the original version. And, and I, I will tell you why. We've already talked about some of this stuff, but uh, off, off of the recording. But so, okay. Wonder Woman, who is supremely powerful. I mean, she's not like Superman level, but this this woman has a massive amount of power, speed, strength, endurance, and it shows it so much better. She's able to block bullets. She is able to just kind of take these guys out. In the original Whedon cut, you never see her directly really kind of fight the the people in the bank. Or it's not a bank, I'm sorry. It's a... Uh, it's, uh, a judicial building. Um, so, but in, in the Snyder cut, she lays into these guys. I mean, it's not, she's knocking them across the room into the wall. Okay. Wonder Woman is a hero and she straight up murders 11 people in front of school children, murders them, leaves bloody spatters. Whatever you want to be. <laughs> <laughs> just don't anger me or I will I will make you a stain on the floor. So that is not the Wonder Woman character. And I'm not saying that because she won't kill. She will. In the comics, she has. Usually when she feels that she has to, that there's no other choice. It's kind of like the discussion we had when Man of Steel came out and he kills Zod. It's not that Superman's never killed anybody before. He has. Only when he felt he really had to. But my my big thing is she didn't have to in this. She was so overpowered compared to everybody else. She could have knocked them out without a sweat and then turned them into the cops. Which, by the way, were showered by concrete and debris from her explosion that she caused to kill the last dude that just flies out of there onto the police that she knows are waiting out front. The the likelihood that at least one or two of them would be severely injured by this is high. It's so reckless. That is not this character, and it does not match how she is presented in Batman versus Superman. It does not match how she is presented in the other two Wonder Woman films. It is an aberration, and it drove me crazy. Plus, the guy's hat floated ever so gently down onto the police vehicle. <laughs> Thank you, Zack Snyder. Yeah, you got uh, that. All, my, my note for this in terms of the plot was, better Wonder Woman, exclamation mark. So my argument in other reviews, especially Wonder Woman 84, is, yes, we want to see a more vulnerable character but if you're going to do some type of empowerment for this character, make this character like be tough, mm. be like a warrior, make her have the powers and the strength that she deserves to have. Don't make her a, you know, a, a sad puppy. Like I knew somebody who would love to have flown this. Okay. Well, <laughs> yeah. Okay. I got it. If you want to empower this character, make her actually be tough. And at least the initial thought 
besides, okay, so she just magically on top of the building there looking over everything, and then she looks down with... On a symbol uh, of justice. A very poorly acted expression of, <laughs> oh my gosh, what's happening below here? And then she goes in, but like the sequence of her smashing through the door and then just like laying out people and like, like, yes, finally. Yeah, that's the right power. into people. So, so that's, that's what I saw in that more so than the other stuff. But when we discussed it, I'm like, yeah, she splattered him on the wall. (laughs) It's pretty obvious. And the end scene was like, yes, emphasis. But then it's just like. But why? Why did you emphasize blasting the heck out of that guy and exploding the building? Mine, mine wasn't like, oh my gosh, you're going to hurt people at the bottom. Mine was like, how many millions of dollars of damage did you do just to like emphasize exploding that guy? Yeah. So it, it, it I questioned that too, but in a different, in a different manner. Equally but valid. More importantly, I was like. Yeah, let's get some uh, some power. Some yes, finally she's strong. Cool. Yeah, and and then we're then we're other silly then we're on to uh, Aquaman. His introduction, which is largely similar to the previous incarnation, much like the Wonder Woman introduction. A lot of the key, um, the skeleton was there, but uh, and I I didn't have too much problem with his introduction in this. I mean. It wasn't nearly as awesome as Wonder Woman's introduction was, though I did note one thing. So he's like the king of the sea. And at least in in previous incarnations, he's kind of like one of the first environmentalist style characters. But as you see him, he's he's littering. He's littering, just throwing stuff into the ocean. (laughs) That's what I'm saying. Yeah. He takes that whiskey bottle and just chucks it right into the ocean. Leaving clothes, throwing them into the water. Come on, man. (laughs) It's just terrible. Yeah. Uh, Leaving clothes for women to sniff on, you know, whatever. uh, uh, Yeah, why did he always end up having clothes and then, I don't know, whatever. It just made it look (laughs) sexier. So I can take them off. Look at these abs. Throw it into the ocean so it's the bottom. (laughs) Yeah, I, I have that in the notes too. So, yeah, it's just like... Just chucking it in the water. Cool. Yeah. For a great Zack Snyder shot. Yeah, it's just, it, it, it made um, me giggle. But but you're right. He's his uh, double introduction, I guess you could say. Yeah. Because then he's, then he swam down and then, but, but that Atlantis presentation was still pretty solid. Yeah, that was, that was good. Not swimming. Just kind of like jetting through the water, and then her presenting the voice bubbles, yeah. so they could go and actually have a conversation. But it did show separately from that yeah. when they didn't do that, them still communicating separately. With a so, whoa, 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 I was cool with that. I thought that made sense. <laughs> yeah, it's pretty solid. Yeah, like some weird dolphin chirping. <laughs> like the the actual chirps were funny. But I got the concept right, so I thought that was pretty solid. Uh, Yeah, it wasn't too bad. Um, The Flash intro, I mean, in the original version, you just got him meeting uh, Bruce Wayne. And that scene's still in this film because it was a good scene Um, because you got to get him joining. But the actual introduction we got to Flash is maybe 
one of the bre- the best presentations of super speed that I've seen in any sort of film. Um, the the way that he interacts with everything and the way he sees things is that yeah that's right that is 100% the way that it should because everything is basically not moving and he has plenty of time to think about it one of my favorite bits from the comics is is uh, a conversation he has I believe with uh, Superman if I'm remembering correctly they both think and move so quickly that everybody else is basically just sitting still and they're having an entire conversation in a split second it's just kind of a and that's the way that he thinks, sees, and reacts. And just tearing through his shoes, that little that little tweak there, that was so cool. Um, and uh, I, I did enjoy the, 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 the funny look that my wife got when he grabbed the hot dog out of the air. It's like, it's for the dogs. <laughs> it's like, it, that, that one's obvious. And that's perfect. That was really good. Um, but the care with which he had to interact with everything because he's moving so fast. Fantastic. The only thing is, I know it's meant to give a feeling and you can't do it all the time, but I don't know if it always comes across. That is essentially the way he's supposed to interact with everything. Always, not just sometimes he is always seeing the world in slow motion and he has to bring himself down in speed to interact with it. And so, I mean, it's, it's, I, I kind of wish in, in some ways, I know it can't happen that, that it was more like that. And I, I have to overlook some of the physics things that don't make any sense, like being able to talk into comms when you're running close to the speed of light. Eh, no, no, uh-uh, not how it works, but you have to have it. Otherwise the plot doesn't move forward. <laughs> so yeah, that scene mm. uh, that I, I really, really enjoyed that little bit. That was fun. Um, when we, when we got the original version and Steppenwolf went to where the Amazons had this little thing, he just kind of showed up and then he took it and they erased and yeah, that was what it was. Yeah. You know, this had more impact because we, we knew at that, we knew what was happening in a better sense. And I felt like that container, if you will, they were now one, it was like, did they know things were already happening? Cause like, why were there 50 of them standing there with arrows pointing at it 100% of the time, 24 seven. So they already knew something was happening because it sounded like it just suddenly started to activate, but they were already there looking at it. Anyway, um, that whole sequence was, was pretty cool. And then, of course, the smashing the gates and, like, there was weight in that. They're like, yeah, you you were sacrificing you to save the rest of us. So, like, there, there was weight in the thing crashing, right? right. So, like, that part was, was pretty cool. And then he suddenly jumps up in, like, Hulk style, if you, like, Incredible Hulk. Right. Like, flying and... And then he goes and like, you know, tramples everybody and steals the thing back. Like, but that whole sequence was pretty cool. It just shows the actual power of the Amazons. It shows their skill. So that part was was pretty cool. The problem I had afterwards was like, oh, so he takes it and he leaves. 
And then it's just like, oh, sad face. And then they have to do a presentation for the arrow. It should have been like, man, we need to get this arrow going right now. <laughs> exactly. No. There's no time to waste. Let's light torches. Let's go take a shower, maybe. Put on some new clothes. I like the I like the implication that they arrow. only had one of the arrows because it was in its own box. <laughs> this is our one arrow we can use to communicate with the outside world. <laughs> Shoot it well. Don't yeah, miss. I, I was just like, I, I get it. It's something that you haven't had to do in thousands of years. But if it was that important, you would have probably just gone and done it instead of having did you see it it was the wonder woman music again yeah as they're going over the shot the drums were playing the wonder woman music like the amazons knew the wonder woman music (laughs) come on man anyway that that sequence right there was just i had some but here's here's my other thing too i didn't think about this till the end you're talking about how you know they had it in in the one building and then he eventually, as it falls into the ocean, he jumps out and gets out. Okay. Why is it built on the edge of a cliff? You got this. Well, I think, so. I think, I I thought it was like, they did that on purpose. So not only did it trap him, but it buried him in the water too. Uh, I don't know. I, Extra I, I don't security. know if I got that. I don't know if I got that really. I, I didn't, I didn't didn't see it as something that was that was intentional it felt like well we maybe chose wrong real estate in this instance and drowned 60 amazons well they had that, that big temple security thing the 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 in atlantis they had it in a separate thing guarded all the time humans we'll eh, bury it just <laughs> Just bury it in the woods. Not like We're good. one foot deep. <laughs> they didn't even yes, dig a deep hole. Yeah. <laughs> it's like your cat died. Yeah. There you go. There was oh, no effort whatsoever. No. Like, okay. Good, good job, humans. <laughs> that was just awful. Oh, but they, they they showed them constructing this gigantic metal case. Move the cat litter. Right. No biggie. <laughs> yeah, oh, that was bad. I just thought I was I was chuckling at that one a little bit. Um, cyborgs. So we we progressed through all the characters and yeah, the cyborg. That's the next cyborg. One. He had a oh. lot more stuff. I mean, you can definitely see what got cut out of the original film. He had a lot more backstory, and I understand I'm supposed to care, <laughs> but. Um, Nah, no. Uh, the The initial look, forlornly into his uh, closet with all of his sports memorabilia that he can't play with anymore because he's mostly metal. Um, <laughs> there, there, the the um, the the car drive where his mom dies, where it's. I know it's supposed to be surprising. It's supposed to be jolting. But how many times do we have to see a T-boned car in a movie? By now, you know it's coming. Because, A, if you know the character at all, you know mom's going to die. B, they're in a car and you only have so much time, you know it's coming. I mean, it's just, it's it's not surprising. It had very little impact. Um, and it, it just kind of, 
And I heard a lot of people was like, man, he just acted so much better. It's like, no, you just had more of him. I mean, he did okay. I mean, I'm not saying he did bad because I don't think he did. But uh, it was just, it was not. It was, it was okay. I mean, he didn't have a lot of time to do better than okay. Not really. But at least he got to do okay rather than just basically having almost no time in the film. Yeah, I, I appreciated the fact that you're right. He had more more substance in the movie. Whether that substance was good or bad, eh, you're right. But the one thing that I never really thought of before, and in this for how they presented him, was when they're doing the, the thing where he's playing the tape, and he's like, you have the power to control everything. That part was really at cool. your own whim. That, that was like... Okay, that's a that's a different interpretation right there. Yeah, I like that a lot. That so, that so little that part, that whole monologue that uh, Silas Stone gave uh, about you have the power to do it, but you have to choose not to. That that whole thing that was actually that yeah. was really solid. Yeah, I I never really thought about the implications of controlling the the financial markets. Or controlling all the launches for the nukes. Like, if he's got that type of power to be able to do that, then he, in terms of the world, in terms of Earth, is pretty darn powerful. Yeah. And to choose to not do it. Yeah, that, I, I thought that little sequence was like, oh, I never really in, interpreted that character in that way. So I I like that one. I like that little sequence. But let's bring up a big plot hole. Now, the other thing I... <sighs> go ahead. No, you, you first. Okay, go ahead. I was going to jump because after well, that. I was going to say. <laughs> no, you go well, first. <laughs> I'm, I'm stopping. It is, it is all well, you. Because I have a feeling it ties to there was, Cyborg still. It, it does. Um, in a sense. When we see all these sequences of Batman in his hangar. And they go to the hangar. And the hangar again, and the hangar. What's this? It's a troop carrier. I need more. I need more supplies. <laughs> I've never got it to fly. The most brilliant minds in, in Gotham, Wayne Tech, couldn't get it to fly. And they're working on it. And they bring it up so many times. They do. It wants to have, fly. Like, they have to get this troop carrier. They really need this troop. Like, why do they? Okay, they really need this troop carrier. Oh, I guess because you got to stick the Batmobile in it. Whatever. Oh, everybody could fly right over there. That's not that big a deal. Batman, yeah, you could. You, you just whatever. You, you get it. Let's get this troop carrier. This is the biggest thing. And then let's just fly it over there and crash it. Yeah. Like <laughs> it's you, all for nothing. <laughs> you overemphasize this stinking thing, cyborg sticks his machine fingers in or whatever and it's like i've got it we'll fly uh, whatever <laughs> but like the fact that you brought it up so many times like you emphasize this as a thing and then it did then they fly over there and they stand as, at the exit with their wind swept capes and then it's just like i'll get in there and he shoots missiles and explodes the thing at the end. <laughs> like, come on, man. So, anyway, but that had cyborg related because right. he got it to fly. Right. 
But how about that dark side monologue when you finally get to hear him talk for a little while? That is one of the most pointless, nothing monologues that I think I've ever heard from any hero or villain in any sort of a comic movie. It said nothing. It did nothing. It was it was so frustrating. And then to kind of get that reveal that, you know, um, Steppenwolf was so happy. I found the planet. Found the planet that what? That had the anti-life equation, which, first of all, they don't explain very well. And they don't explain why it's tattooed on the Earth, which I'm sure it would have revealed later with some more plot stuff. So I'm, that's not too huge a deal. The problem I have is, I don't know. If I'm going to get butchered for the first time, I'm going to get repelled. Never happened before. And I came to a planet on a bunch of ships that I assume have computers. Don't you think you'd remember where the planet was? What would, What are you searching for? How, how do you not know it's Earth? Well, that, that's why I wondered, too. And he's like, I've, I've found it. Found what? I found the planet with the anti-life. Like, you already found it. <laughs> you already had the, you what? Do you not have GPS? I, I, that's why I didn't. <laughs> I was confused a little bit. I mean, it was 5,000 years ago, you know. I can't remember what I did just yesterday. So maybe that's uh, what it was. But he's but supposed to have, you're, like, you're super right. genius. Something You didn't write it down in a book? And stick it in your, your, you know, in your pocket. I, I, I didn't, I didn't quite get that either. And okay, and if this was such a big failure before, you sent some scrub that made you mad to go and do it again, right? Or, or was this? I'm trying to make up. I want to look good for. Want to look good for Papa. I know he's not dead, but like I want to look good for my dude, so he'll let me come back home. Is that what it was? But I don't. They knew he was there because they're communicating. Like they expected him to fail, so they knew he was there, so they sent him there. I just don't get. Yeah, it's 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 pretty the actual direction. Dumb. Um, that could have been corrected probably with some just different dialogue but I, I i i was a bit confused by that as well i like the point that you made uh when we were talking about this before about how basically oh in order to uh in order to beat this threat we need superman and he becomes kind of the answer to everything which is fine i mean yeah he's super powerful but i, <laughs> I like that you're talking about it's like they're all fighting steppenwolf and they're kind of holding their own they're not and Superman shows up and just beats the snot out of him. <laughs> it's just, it's kind of yeah. uh, anticlimactic. Well, and, and that's that's part of the problem with Superman as a character, yeah. right? Is if you have him, what what's going to beat him? Right. And that's why... That's why there's not really you. You've got to find a way for the movie to be entertaining. Okay, well, how do you do that? He's not there. Yeah. Okay. Okay. So now what do we do? And then you just make it. You're you're right. Like they they fight and they do their thing, which makes it so much more intriguing to have other characters. And we we talked about this. 
earlier today about the Superman bad guys. Like, what Superman bad guys have we seen on TV? Well, we've seen a lot on TV, but in movies, not too many. In movies, yeah. Like, we've seen Zod. Like, we haven't seen a character, so we know Kryptonite's the bad stuff. And Batman used that in Batman versus Superman. Yeah. Do, do the bad guys not know about that also? Or is it just Batman he knows about it? And, of course, Lex Luthor knows about it in this world. Mm. So It'll Probably grow. I, I, I feel like, yeah, he just shows up and they chop him on the shoulder with an axe. And he's just like, sup, bro? <laughs> and then it's like... <laughs> you even left. <laughs> yeah. yeah, you even left, bro. Come on. So that... You, you had to find a way that through the first three hours of this four-hour movie, there was no Superman. So, of course, the world was in, in doom, in peril. And it's just a hard character to play off of, I feel like. A well, little bit. And they had to work the system by killing him and then magically bringing him back, back with a mother box that's... Not really a mother, anyway. Yeah, uh, that they did better with that little bit of plot exposition, but it's still kind of cheesy. Um, so, okay, I'm going to bring up my last big beef with this iteration, and that is the flash forwards, the glimpses into the future. Um, first of all, way too many of them. I, I understand you're trying to build that 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 next thing trying to get into that interest to be there. Sure. Great. Um, but first of all, I see no reason that Batman should be having these flashes of future. He doesn't have that power. There's nothing that's happened yet that makes sense for him to get these flashes. And then you also give one to cyborg. What is the super mother box, uh, a predictor of the future. Now I don't remember that being a thing. It just kind of, it doesn't make any sense. It's like it was just jammed into there to try and to draw that interest. And, and don't get me wrong, it's a nice color palette shift. And like I said, trying to build that interest is good, but it it just messes up the flow of the film and it slows things down. And I don't think it was very interesting where it was going, and especially since they're going to basically be implying that Superman's going to turn bad because something's going to happen to Lois. And he blames Batman. This sounds very much like what we have already gone through in the films, for one. And for two, nah, nah, I'm not seeing it. It doesn't make any sense. Yeah, so in reading what the plan was, the epilogue was just that. It was a throw-in because he wanted to have a dialogue between Batman and Joker. That, that's the Which, whole reason it was there. I get so that. it was just a, a waste. Apparently, in some of the subsequent Justice League movies, that's what was going to happen, is that uh, something happened with Superman. Batman said he was going to protect Lois. Uh, he didn't. And then all hell breaks loose. They go back in time. And then Batman uh, sacrifices himself to save Lois. And then that's how Justice League 2 and 3 come about. So he had his own future stories to to play into it but yeah in this at least in this one that epilogue where you had the martian manhunter yep. uh, show up that was supposed to be a, a green lantern mm -hmm. it was supposed to be john stewart that but warner so brothers cool. said uh-uh uh-uh so that he kind of got I, I was reading he kind of didn't like that but the 
you know, the trade off was let's do Martian Manhunter. Which that makes presentation no sense. Of that character was, yeah, and the visuals on him were. Well, eh, they're okay. They were but okay. do you see the problem with Martian Manhunter? I, okay, so let's say it was Jon Stewart that they were going to put in there. I, so I can't really blame Zack Snyder for this one, really, for the most part. Why did Jon Stewart not intervene in the Justice League? Well, he's off planet. He just wasn't there. Okay, mm-hmm. I can get that. Um, Martian Manhunter is this general and has been from the beginning. He's been here the entire time time and is as strong as superman is why did he do nothing that does not match his character at all unless they drastically changed it in some way so that's the first thing i thought it's like oh yeah i just been watching tv but i guess since you're gonna have a um a clubhouse that i can hang out in uh sure I'll, i should probably help now yeah so that and and if if you notice in that scene too, uh, Bruce Wayne was all skinny, a little bit, he was real skinny. Of course, like in, in in the rest of the Batman things, he's just ripped. If you look at the Batman Superman, Ben Affleck's ripped in the, like he's huge in that movie. In that scene, he's just a little skinny. So I, I thought that was that, that had to have been a <laughs> another throw-in right at the end, uh, part of their 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 extra scenes that they filmed because yeah. they did bring Ben Affleck in to do that ep- the, the future scene and they brought Jared Leto in to do the Joker so like they brought him in specifically to do that scene so they probably had him do that extra one for the Man- Martian Manhunter as well I'll tell you what they're gonna pay him why not have him the chemistry deal. between Leto and Ben Affleck I cannot tell you how much they had no chemistry zero that was just uncomfortable and <laughs> didn't work at least not for me. It was just uh, now part of that maybe well, I just it, don't it like had, his it was joke. Just a th- it was just a throw-in. So yeah, it was I just know. A wasted something, but you know but, it is what it is. That just gives me yeah, a I, I rage, was like nerd rage. That was a neutral thing. <laughs> <laughs> I'm trying to think. What, what covered most of my notes? Oh, okay. So. Um, Slade Wilson, I was I was into that. You got just yeah. a hint more on just the boat at the talk, and then of course in that scene, like that that's the ultimate like what could have been right yeah, there. That because that character is cool, so cool, and that actor I've always but, really liked. Well, yes, and in that how they had him presented, just his look and his talk, like okay. Yeah. Yeah. Let's let's do this. And are we ever going to get to do it? Probably not. So if they do it, they need to bring him Um, in to do the character. So I I had a couple other things that I had written down here. Minor things. Um, I had to look this up when I looked at who he was. It said the Star Labs assistant person was Ryan Choi. A little and, Adam goodness. Uh, I had to look that up. So the Adam. Okay, cool. So they're introducing another character. Fun. Um, when they talk about getting Clark back, 
Where was Clark buried at? Was he buried in Kansas? That's what they or was showed. was he buried in Metropolis? Uh, so they just drove a van from <laughs> Gotham or whatever to Metropolis? Road to, trip. To Kansas? They just drove a van there? <laughs> so I, I was... I was a little bit confused with that one. Yeah. Um, well, I mentioned before the picture floating in the water, the, the unsinkable picture. But this is, this, I was thinking about this earlier. So they resurrect Superman and he gets angry with everybody and does his thing. I like the headbutts. We, yeah. we already saw that before. Yeah. But anyway, she's just like, oh, that hurts. But uh, he picks up Lois. And they go flying off to Kansas. So she's she's good with like subsonic flight, right? In you know tens of thousands of feet. Yeah, she's good. Cold, okay. not a lot of oxygen. You know, she fine. won't. She'll be good. Yeah, yeah no, that's good. good. I, I just I was just thinking about that because every time they show her, they they show them flying away. It's there's a boom, right? Oh, yeah. So it's. Faster than faster than sound. <laughs> just seeing and... seeing Lois's chicks going into the wind. <laughs> did her did her heels fly off somewhere too? You know, because that's what I was. She she had some big high heels on. Right. It'd be funny if they were just left them there on the ground. <laughs> but that was just some other sciency uh, things that I was just like. They also introduced the detective. Everybody shows those movies. Which oh which detective? The detective uh, uh, talking to um, Commissioner Gordon uh, was uh, Corgan. Uh, he was going to be the Spectre. Oh. At least with the name they gave Fun him anyway. Stuff. That's the name of the unless it was yes. just like a little homage. But there's no way you could know it unless you looked at the casting because they I don't remember them saying the name in the film. So I I found it when I uh, was looking at the at the casting it's like oh so that's that's the direction that that character would have went and i guess that's something we didn't really mention there was a little little sniff more of the commissioner gordon character yeah. in there so that i mean that was cool too yeah. but um so what, what did so all this talk about the plot right what 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 did you end up giving the plot score? I gave it a twelve. I, it was it was pretty bad. I had an improved plot score because I felt like things made more sense this time, and all these other little things were just were were were, were picking at stuff for sure. So I I did fourteen. I, I'm sure the the four my plot score was low single digits, but. Things made more sense now. It flowed better in this one. Well, I, I whether someone remember. was outlandish or not, I yeah. get that. But I think I, I think I had the plot being lower in the previous version, so this is still an improvement. <laughs> I think I had a ten yeah. on the on the Whedon version. Yeah. But this is the fun part. This is where we tack on any bonus points or any detractor points we have. I only have one, and I've kind of already mentioned that it bothered me. It bothered me enough that I've got to get a, a negative one point for this. Four by three. No, no, it is 2021. There is no four by three. What are you doing? Negative one. Presented to preserve his vision. Um, I gave a positive one for 
Granny Goodness. Yeah, that was so uh, cool. You saw that character in, you saw at the end, you also saw her um, in the, the, the vision where the cyborg character right. shows that little snippet of the future. There's a dead Kilowog there mm-hmm. too. You yep. can't really see him, but there's a dead Kilowog there. But Granny's just kind of chilling in that scene too. So the fact that they have Granny Goodness in here to me is cool. Yeah, that and was really cool. I, I felt would have led to other cool things like, you know, Mr. Miracle, Big Barda, that kind of storyline. Yeah. But who knows? Well, that brings us to a grand total final score. Richard's total together with his bonus points, 79. Mine, 77. We're both in that C-plus range. So definitely better than than before. Um, and I have to admit, it, it scored higher than I thought that it would when I was going into it. So, I mean, that is, that is a win, really. I mean, I, I'm going to take it as a win. I think so. And... I think for Warner Brothers and their money-making machine, uh, I think this is a good thing to have on their streaming platform. Yeah. Uh, I think it's going to get a lot of views, and it's generally well, re- well reviewed on like Metacritic and Rotten Tomatoes and things like that. So, right. but of course, stuff. we would love to know what you think about it. Hit us up on uh, on Facebook or Instagram or on Twitter. Let us know what your thoughts of the Zack Snyder presentation are going to be. Uh, and hopefully we'll get a chance to, to do a few more movie reviews now that things are coming back online. We know the, the whole gamut of uh, Marvel films coming out, and there are some other DC things. should be very exciting. But uh, until next time, keep watching, keep uh, overly criticizing, <laughs> have some fun uh, with, your, with your film, and we will be back. Mm-hmm.